There is life after infidelity. Each one is tempted when he is drawn. <laughs> oh boy. My son called me and asked me about this scripture this morning. Each one is tempted when he is, by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. You've got to understand the process. Now we're talking about how to avoid falling in that trap again. I would never in a service ask for a show of hands of who has been hurt by infidelity. I would never do that. I would never in a service ask those who have been guilty of sexual sins to raise their hand. I would never do that. But I do know this. As long as you have a victim mentality, you're going to stay a victim. Whenever you rise up and claim the Word of God and say, I'm going to be a victor and not a victim, then something happens. And as long as we preach and we allow people to sit in a congregation and feel sorry for themselves and, uh, and just save their consciences and go on with what they're doing, then folks, we are leaving them in the state of victim and they are supposed to be victors. Here's what it says. Read this translation. I like this translation. This is the one I gave my son this morning. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. Sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. Now that translation's tough, isn't it? Whew. That's, that's a hard in your face word, isn't it? But that's the way it should be said today. That's the way that translation could be read today. That's what it does. Understand the process that leads to failure. It begins with a temptation to have something forbidden. Lust for the forbidden overrides reason. Lust give birth to sin which grows up. Sin unchecked becomes a killer. The result is the death of our spiritual life. Now, if you can understand the process, you can understand how to avoid it, can't you? Hmm? If I get burned, I know not to put my hand on the stove again, don't I? But see, this sin thing, and this infidelity thing, and this sexual promiscuity, and this sexual involvement, it needs to be made clear that first it begins within me. Listen, you cannot tempt me, you cannot seduce me if there's not something in me that wants it. It's like someone said with the woman caught in adultery, where was the guy? I suggest who he was standing in the group, right there in the, he was right there. And I'll bet when Jesus uttered those words, he went, whoo. You see, before we blame somebody else, we need to take inventory right here. Lust for the forbidden overrides reason. Now, let me tell you what happens. First, there's the look. Hey, come on, boy, or come on, girl. Look. And then there is the response. If you're the one tempted and you give the right response, guess what? There's going to be another counter invitation. And then it goes back and forth. And then it becomes a conversation. And then it becomes a meeting. And from that meeting to the bed isn't very far off. Now, if you're a victim and somebody's using you sexually, you and you alone can put a stop to it. Your self-esteem and your self-worth is being destroyed. You're better than that. You don't need to give out sexual favors in order to get somebody's attention or to earn their attention. You leave that alone. You don't go there. If they can't have a relationship with you without sex involved, then they don't care a flip about you. Let them go. You need to learn to respect yourself. If you're taking advantage of somebody sexually, you better stop it because you're preying on them. And not only that, but you're destroying your own self-worth and self-respect. You can't stand and look God in the eye and justify that nonsense, and you know it. I don't care how many people think you're a macho guy. 